Welcome to church. There's a showward assembly, an exciting congregation of God's people, under the pastoral care of Dr. Dennis Eng and his amiable wife, Pastor I.T. Our mission is to raise champions who are passionate for God, winning in life and changing the world. Our vision is to be a growing community of worshippers and ministers from every tribe and tongue, taking the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever we go. Showward, raising champions. Celebrate Jesus one more time and please take your seats. The world is a deeply spiritual place. The foundation of what you find in the physical is in the spiritual. And when you get it right in the spirit realm, everything on the outside will work well. That's why when you are saved, God does not leave you at the mercy of the enemy. He puts you in charge. He gives you authority. He gives you power and causes to walk and reign in victory. That is the will of God for every child of God. It is not the will of God for the enemy to dominate you, demon spirits to oppress you, and for you to live in life as a victim. That's not the will of God for you. The will of God is that we live in dominion over every demonic spirit, over sickness, over disease, over frustration, over poverty, because every one of those things they are controlled by spirits. And you have dominion over every one of them. Can someone say, I have dominion? This month, until we are satisfied that we have achieved that, we intend to put God's word into you to enable you to live the quality of life that God intends for you on the face of the earth. And that's the life of dominion. John chapter 8, verse, verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. This was said to those who believed in him, if you like, or believed him. They were not said to unbelievers. This word was said to believers. And Jesus said to believers, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. In other words, if you claim to be a child of God, a disciple of Jesus, and you do not have place in your heart for God's word, you're fooling yourself. It is the word of God that is evidence 
of your being a disciple of his. If my word abides in you, then are you my disciples indeed. And look at the next verse, which is really my interest here. By virtue of giving place and giving heed to God's word, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You shall know the truth because truth is in God's word. Until it lines up with God's word, it is not the truth. It may be a fact, but certainly not the truth. It may be an experience, but certainly not the truth. It does not matter what theory it is, it is not the truth. It does not matter what principle it is, it is not the truth until it is found in God's word. And Jesus said, when you are devoted and committed to God's word, you will discover the truth. And the truth you know will make you free. So liberty for every child of God is found in the word of God. Freedom is found in God's word. It is only when you lay hold of God's word and give it a place in your heart, that's when you will be free. Until the word of God takes prime place in your heart, you cannot be free. And when we talk about dominion, we are talking about freedom from slavery, freedom from satanic captivity, turning the table and putting the devil under your dominion, under your control, under your feet. And that is impossible without the word of God. Some years ago, I came by the next scripture. I'm going to read to you and it excited me a lot. I've held on to it from it severally and I like to read it tonight Second Chronicles chapter 17 this was the reign of Jehoshaphat as he took over from his father verse 7 says also in the third year of his reign he sent his leaders, Ben-Hail, Obadiah, Zechariah, Nathaniel, and Micaiah, to teach in the cities of Judah. And with them he sent Levites, Shemaiah, Nathaniah, Zebediah, Asahel, Shemeraboth, Jehonanam, whatever their names are, Adonijah, Tobijah, to Badonija, the Levites, and with them Elishama and Jehoram, the priest. Now, but this is my interest. All of these leaders, all of these Levites, all of these priests, he sent them in the third year of his reign to cities of Judah to teach. A king comes to the throne and what he does, he gets the book of the law and sends his chief men 
city by city to teach. Look at verse 9. So they taught in Judah and had the book of the law with them. They went throughout all the cities of Judah and taught the people. What was the result of it? the word being taught in the cities of Judah? Verse 10 says, And the fear of the Lord fell on all the kingdoms of the lands that were around Judah so that they did not make war against Jehoshaphat. Now, if you remember, if you read lots of you know, scriptures around that time when kings came to power, they had enemies around. Enemy nations. The Syrians, the Amorites, the rest of them, they were waiting to attack. But the king, instead of sending for new weapons, instead of trying to refresh his armory, rather send people with the law to go and teach in the cities of Judah. The more they taught the word of God to the people, the more the people gave place in their heart to God's word, the more the fear of the Lord fell on their enemies. And their enemies were unable to attack them anymore. So they had victory without a fight. They had dominion without a battle. And that is to say, even now that the more of God's word you know, the more you will be at peace. The more of God's word you know, the more terrified the enemy will be of you. The fear of the Lord will be upon them. You know, when Israel was leaving the land of bondage to go to the promised land, God said, I will send my hornets before you to terrify your enemies so that even before they come, they are already afraid of you and they will not attack you. The fear of the Lord fell upon their enemies because the word of the Lord was taught. Have you noticed he didn't say the fear of the Lord came upon the people of Judah but fell upon their enemies? Is somebody hearing me? See, when you understand the way God works, every time you have an opportunity to learn at the feet of the Lord, to learn God's word, to hear God's word, you should be excited about it. Because the more of God's word you have in your spirit, the more dangerous you are to the enemy. The more impossible it is for Satan to take advantage of you. Because God's word has a place in your heart. Is somebody hearing me? So, please take note of that scripture. I, I personally love it. Couldn't get over it the more the word of God was taught in the cities of Judah, the more freedom the people enjoyed. The more they knew the book of the law. If that happened in their dispensation, imagine in our own dispensation where the God of God is spirit coming into our hearts. It makes us invincible. You're too hot for the devil to handle you're too hot for Satan to mess around with because of the quality of word that is in your spirit. Can someone say hallelujah? hallelujah? Nothing 
shall by any means hurt you. That is the topic of tonight's message and I'm sure you know where that is coming from. Luke chapter 10. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Can you tell your neighbor, nothing shall by any means hurt you? No, tell your neighbor for certain. Tell the person, speak to that person and say, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Can you speak it to yourself? Say, nothing shall by any means hurt me. Can you say it again? Nothing shall by any means hurt me. Luke chapter 10 and verse 17. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Did you see that? And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in these that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Please note for a start that these did not have to do with the apostles. It was not the 12 disciples that were with Jesus. The Bible says the 70, right? The 70. They were not just those apostles. They were not Peter, not James, not John. But other people whose names we may not know. They were those that Jesus sent out as missionaries who came back with great testimonies. And they said, amazing, what we found out in the field. That even demons are subject to us in your name. Now, it's good for us to know that one of the things that Jesus came to do walking the face of the earth was to effect a transfer of power. Are you with me? Was to effect what? Transfer of power. By the way, one of the things we were taught in our school of discipleship on Sunday was that Jesus was the pattern son right? Was a pattern son. Jesus was the prototype man. When Adam fell, lost his authority to the devil, God came down in the person of Christ to show us an example of how man should live on the earth. That's what Jesus came to do. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to show to us that we can live in commanding authority over the affairs of life and over the forces of the earth and over all demonic forces. We can live a life of dominion, superior life, such that we can walk on water, turn water into wine and do whatever thing Jesus did. And here he demonstrated that by asking 70 people to go out there and representing and do what he himself came to do. When they came back, they came back with testimonies. Lord, even 
demons were subject to us in your name. The tone of that report actually showed me that they were surprised. They were surprised. They were shocked. You know, I'm, 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 I'm sure some of us will be that surprised, you know, when we get certain results. If you get out there and probably you find some demonic activity and you brought it under control, you, want, you go and tell your friends, wow, my brother, hey, even me said, as I call the name of Jesus, Satan bow. In other words, you never really thought it could happen that way, but you're surprised. The 70 probably didn't think they had such authority. They didn't think that they could do that. And there are many people in church that think that just some common Christian living, you know, day to day, they don't have power. And in fact, if anything, if there is any demonic sign at all, they run for deliverance. They look for someone to pray for them. They look for help somewhere because they think they are powerless. But can I say this to you and I'd like you to note it and if you like to write it, write it. No born again child of God is powerless. No child of God born again filled with the spirit of God is powerless. So you are not powerless. Glory to God. I said you are what? You're not powerless. So don't be surprised when demons bow to you because that is how it should be. Don't be surprised when the devil submits to your authority because that is how it should be. Don't be surprised when witches and wizards they submit to you because that is how it should be. They know it, but you don't yet know it. You know? The devil knows the authority you have. Sometimes we don't even know as much. <laughs> You know, there are people that think they are powerless, but Satan will just say, this guy, if he knows the kind of power available to him, but you think you don't have power. Even Satan knows. You know, when, when Gideon felt so powerless, one of the things God said to him is, he said, go to the camp of the Midianites and you will hear the things they are saying about you said, if you're even afraid to go, go with your servant. But you may need to get an opinion of what your enemy is thinking about you. And when he got into the camp, he was shocked. When someone told a dream of how some, you know, stone came and hit the camp and scattered them. And someone said, this is, this is none other than Gideon. None other than him. I said, are they talking about me? He said, yeah, they're talking about me. So he went and said, ah, that means I can't believe it. Are you waiting for Satan to now give you a prophecy before you know how powerful? <laughs> I think there are some people that are waiting for, maybe it will take a witch doctor for you to believe that, that you have power. You know, a witch doctor will tell you, ah, madam, hey, you don't know what you carry. Say, ah. So the testimony of a witch doctor will be more than what the word of God says. But there are people that are waiting for the occult. Maybe some may can cast some among person to tell you how powerful you are. That's what you're waiting for. Jesus said, 
you're surprised today that I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I saw Satan fall. Not only in all times, but even while you were ministering, you were ministering, I saw Satan crash land. Do you know how lightning falls? Do you know how lightning falls? Fast. Brrr. I saw Satan fall like lightning. And I'm so glad that there is no scripture that said that Satan has risen after that. He's still falling. <laughs> Are you with me? I saw Satan fall like lightning. That's the testimony of our master. And Satan has fallen. Satan is a fallen angel. All the demons are fallen. None of them is standing up right. They are fallen. Can someone say hallelujah? So Jesus said, behold. Verse 19. I give to you power. I give what? Power or authority. The New King James Version says. It's the same word. The word is actually exousia. Can you say exousia? Exousia. I give to you exousia. I give to you authority. I give to you power. Do you know what exousia is? Do you know authority he's talking about? Let me give you an idea of what this means. You see, Jesus, God incarnate, coming with all the authority of heaven, he ceded his power to us. Ceded his power. Gave it to his disciples. And say to them, go, take my place and do all that I can do. You know, there are people that will say, you know, Jesus could do some things because he was Jesus. He could get blind eyes to see, he could get demon spirits to cry out because he was Jesus. But Jesus said, I want you to do the very same thing that I did. So he gives to you his own authority. Exousia means delegated authority. Delegated authority. Jesus said to the people, whoever receives these disciples, receive me. Whoever receives me, receives the one that sent me. He was simply trying to say, I am delegated to be here by my father. And I have delegated my disciples also to act in my place. Are you with me? If you attend a meeting on behalf of someone, let's even say the governor was to be here. We invited Governor Somolu to come and grace this service today. And he could not come. But sent maybe his special assistant on religious affairs. What do you think we are going to do? Are we going to receive the man like uh, Mr. whatever his name is? Or are we going to receive the governor's representative like the governor himself? How are we going to receive him? We are going to receive him like what? Like the governor himself. If he comes here and makes a statement, are we going to take that statement like his own statement or is speaking on behalf of the governor? The press will say, Governor Sonwolu on Thursday, the eighth day of September, said in Showward Assembly, and yet the governor was not here in person. But the words of his aides were as good as the words of the governor. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Beloved, 
when Jesus gives you exousia, he's simply standing aside and asking you to put on all the entitlements, all the authority of heaven that belong to him and stand in your place to act on his behalf. When a traffic warden stands on the road, it could be a very short man. The only reason the driver in a trailer obeys him is because of who he is and who he represents. Is that correct? Yes, sir. When the traffic warden does like this, the trailer, the trailer already is even taller than the man. The driver is perching somewhere there. He knows he can run this, this short guy over. And he will disappear. Nobody will see him. But he screeches to a halt. Because the man that is waving his hand is acting on delegated authority. He has authority to trample on trailers. And they will not by any means hurt him. Are you with me? He has authority. <clears throat> Excuse me. The day you fight with a policeman is the day you will know that he represents the government. They will put you in the worst part of the cell and you will not know sunlight till you have repented, done restitution, pleaded, if they take you to court, there is nothing you will say. The fact that you slapped a policeman, that means you slapped the government. Please, are you with me? Even, even if the policeman is your friend, the moment he's in uniform, <laughs> that is delegated authority. Have you realized that presidents are very powerful until they leave office? When the president leaves office, he's as ordinary as anybody. But for as long as he's in government, as long as he carries the title of president or governor, he has authority. The authority of the government is behind him. Beloved, I don't know whether I've been able to paint this picture well for you. That is exousia. Authority. The power that belongs to the government. That's the same power that belongs to a judge. When a judge puts his gavel on the table, boom, and says, guilty. <laughs> Even if you are the latest world heavyweight champion, you're going to sell. You're going to jail right there. Are you, are you with me? Yes, Handcuffs will come on your hand. Even if your power is so much, you doubt it, ask something. Ask something, they will tell you. The judge pronounces you, don't let her say anything. Oh. For now, if, if the judge is not in court and both of you meet in the bus and the judge say, uh, whatever, that is nonsense. But the moment she enters the chamber, puts on that asutan, and carries that small stick like this. Even if both of you are living on the same streets, don't let her say anything against you. You're in trouble. Are you, are you with me? Even if it's your classmates, as soon as you enter like this, I say, ah, Margaret is the one. 
And, and she said, uh -huh. who are you? Say, my Lord. My Lord. My Lord. But that's your Lord at that time. <laughs> She's your Lord. That is called delegated authority. Is somebody with me? So Jesus said, I give to you authority. I give authority. And he has not taken it back. It was as given then as it is given now. But when I tried to understand exousia, I also came by a definition of exousia that got me thinking. That exousia also means freedom of choice. Freedom to act. If you like discretion. So Jesus said, I give you the liberty, the freedom to trample on serpents and scorpion. In other words, you can exercise the freedom by not doing so. I don't know whether you heard me. You can exercise the freedom, you can exercise the choice by not trampling on serpents and scorpions. So you have exousia. You have delegated authority. But you can decide to use it or refuse to use it. That gives you power. You see, what gets the judge obeyed? What gets the policeman obeyed? What gets the traffic warden obeyed? It's not strength. It's not physical energy. That's not what gets them obeyed. Are you with me? It's not physical energy. You can meet a judge. You can meet a policeman. Look at someone, Lou. There are some of you that if you look at the man, like if you carry him one hand, say you won't survive the next day. But if you get close, his aids will pieces you. The moment you get, protocol won't even allow you to get close. What he's enjoying is called authority. That is the authority of states. Are you with me? Governor Sowolu, it could be my governor, could be your governor, is protected by the power of the state. The same thing with the president. Same thing with the judge, with the magistrate, with the security man. And that same authority Jesus has given to you. Is somebody getting what I'm teaching? But you can exercise it and you can refuse to exercise it Unfortunately, there are many Christians who don't exercise it. Jesus said, Behold, I give you the authority. Authority to do what? To trample on serpents and scorpions. What does it mean to trample? What does it mean to trample upon? To trample is to tread violently with the intention of causing harm or injury. That's the definition of to trample. When you trample, you're trampling heavily, consciously to bruise, to crush, or to injure. So Jesus does not expect you to be friendly with serpents and scorpions. He does not expect you 
to be at peace with them, he expects you to trample upon them. Are you with me? He gives you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. And what are serpents and scorpions? They are symbols of demonic forces, demonic powers. Serpents are crafty, demonic authority. Sometimes, you know, <clears throat> Jesus said to his disciples at one time, I sent you out as sheep among wolves. Then he said to them, be as wise as serpents. Is that right? As smart as serpents. What Jesus was saying is, don't just go out there and show yourself, you know, be more discreet in the way you conduct yourself among these wolves so that you can live long enough to carry out the assignment. Are you with me? Some serpents are very beautiful, aren't there? Some serpents, when you look at some snakes, they, they look very fine, right? You almost feel like going to take a picture with them. They're, they're very wicked and wild things. No, but I'm not kidding you. Unless you've not seen some snakes. Some snakes, if they display them, some of them yellow with a tinge of red, you know. <laughs> But that is pretend. That's why you're all shuddering and laughing because you know that is fake. It is as if, look, these things are deceiving us. They are not as harmless. And some demons are like that. Some demons look very nice, very inviting. Some demons. Ah. In fact, some demons even have Bible. Some demons, they even carry church titles. But they are demons all the same. I hope you know that. Some of them look very touch and elitist. Very inviting like this. Eh? Their temples are made of gold. But they are demons. So Jesus said, I give you authority to trample on. Even those ones that are cunning, crafty, looking very smart. Trample on them. And scorpions are more vicious. Those ones are not pretentious at all. They come out. You know where they stand. Say so when those, even those ones that are openly terrible and demonic, and the ones that don't look so bad, trample on them, tread on them, crush them, bruise them, injure them. Glory to God. And, and the other understanding of the trample that I like to pass across to you is that to trample upon serpents and scorpions is to have mastery over them. To have mastery over them. And that's where dominion comes in. To have mastery, to dominate, to subdue, crush them, make nonsense out of them. Psalm 91 verse 13. Psalm 91 verse 13. Look at what that scripture said. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. This was even in the Old Testament. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample on that foot. So this was God's original intention for us. That all of those demonic forces, we should put them under. 
all of those things that are contrary to us. By the way, when, when you talk about dominion, and I've taught this before, you know, when God created man and asked, gave man the authority and said to man, go have dominion, replenish the earth, subdue it, God already had created all manner of animals and birds and, and some of them very wild and some of them bigger than man before he created man to have dominion over them. Are you with me? You don't need to have dominion if you have nothing to dominate. You don't need authority if you don't have nothing to resist you. If everything is going well, then you don't even need authority. You don't need power at all because everything is fine. But God did not put us in a world that is without opposition. God did not put us in a world that is without challenges. God did not put us in a world that we don't have things to fight against us. But God has put us in charge and given us power to put every one of them under. But you see, I have said serpents and scorpions represent the demonic forces. Wicked spiritual forces of the enemy. But that's not all. You could also go ahead and believe that they are not just representative. That even in the physical realm that you have authority over those beings, over the wild demonic not demonic in this case, wild forces, wild beasts of the earth that you have dominion over them also. You don't need to only believe it is spiritual. You need to also believe that this can even apply in the physical. Are you with me? It can also apply in the physical. That's the mindset that Paul had in Malta or Melita. When they were warming that the sticks, you know, they gathered and a viper wound itself around his hand. The Bible says he did what? He did what? He shook up the beast into the fire. And I love what the scripture says. He didn't say he had no harm. The Bible says he shook up the beast into the fire and felt no harm. It's, it's not really whether he had a scratch it was whether he felt he was under any harm. He felt no harm. He shook up the beast and felt no harm. Some people don't even have physically a serpent turning itself around their hand. Some people, they can't sleep again if they dream it. Some people can't sleep for one week if they saw a snake in the dream. Some people think that if they see a snake in the dream, they are possessed. Well, they are not, they are not far from, from what those people at Molita said. They said because Paul had a snake wound himself around his hand, that oh, the gods were after him. That he must have been a wicked man. He survived the raging of the sea, and now he will not survive this, that indeed he was going to die. The Bible says they expected him to swell up and die. When they watched, the one, the two, the three, the man was getting healthier. They changed their minds and said he was a God. 
because he defied what they knew. The difference between Paul and many others is because Paul had the clear knowledge that it did not matter that a snake was around his hand, that God had given him authority, so he felt no harm. Glory to God. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Mark chapter 16 and verse 17. And these signs, can you read this with me, everybody? One, please read. In my name, they cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Verse 18, go on. They take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, Nothing shall by any means. They will lay hands on the sick. He said, This sign shall follow pastors. That's what he said. This sign shall follow them that believe. Do you believe? Do you believe? Are you a believer? If you believe, you will experience the same signs. Cast out demons. Speak with new tongues. If you take up any serpent, it shall not harm you. Oh, glory to God. That is God's word clearly. Get back to Luke chapter 10. Let me bring this to an end. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. I was reading that. Can you read this again with me? One, please read. I give you the authority to trample on. Alright? And nothing. I love that. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Let me tell you how I like to read this scripture. The way I read it to myself. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. And I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. Because that's actually the sense in it. I give you authority, the exousia, to trample on serpents and scorpions. And I give you the exousia over all the power of the enemy. And the second word there, power, is actually dunamis. So God, I mean Jesus is saying, I give you the exousia over the dunamis of the enemy. Dunamis is actually power inherent in that thing. The power, the strength, the ability, the strength, the power to cause harm. Alright? The power that is, is available to an army, the force that is available to an army, that is what dunamis refers to. Dynamite. If you know, that's where dynamite is. You know, that's that's um, where dynamite comes from. Dynamite. Dynamite is an explosive. Is that right? Capable of, if you throw dynamite here, what's going to happen? Oh, come on. What is going to happen? Completely pull down. This is nothing now with dynamite. You don't need dynamite to do this one. If you jump and hang on this one and pull it, it will fall. 
a serious building, not this one. This one is. <laughs> Are you with me? So, that is dynamite. So, you know, there are people that will keep telling you of how powerful Satan is. Ah, Satan is powerful. Oh. Ah, which is very powerful. Oh. oh, this is very powerful. You have not seen this scripture? That the authority that you have been given is far more, is stronger than all of the dunamis of the enemy. All of the power of the enemy. All of the force of the enemy. So, Satan is not a match for you. Glory to God. I, I wish I can pass on a superiority mindset to you. You know, a lot of people, they, they like to glorify the enemy. No, but Satan is nothing. Nothing. Below your level, you've got authority over the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means. Can you say nothing? Shall by any means hurt me. Nothing shall by any means. And I love the emphasis when Jesus said, Nothing shall by any means whatsoever. Isaiah 54. Let me show you something I love about this scripture. Isaiah 54, verse 17. And then I'm going to read uh, verse 20 of that Luke 10. And we pray. I believe someone has learned something, reminded of something. Something has been dropped in your heart one way or another. Can you read this scripture with me? One, please read. So Jesus said, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. And here in Isaiah, God had said even before these new covenant session, this new dispensation, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, not that God will condemn, but you will bring them into condemnation. You will condemn, right? It says this is the heritage. This is what you inherit. This is what you have from God as a child of God. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. But I like the last part more than even what was said earlier. And their righteousness is from me, said the Lord. Whose righteousness? Come on, let me hear. Whose righteousness? Whose righteousness? You know, some, sometimes people get a complex and they think, ah, hey, hey, um, see, oh, you cannot even cast out demons like that though because you, you know, demons, because, you know, you're not worthy. You're not, you're not worthy. Um, they, 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 maybe, maybe you even remember something that you did in time past and you say, ah, no. 
have you ever heard before? Say, when people are casting out demons, don't even be around there because if you are not clean, if there is any out of unrighteousness in you, the demon will enter you. So some of us, when the people are being prayed for, we begin to search ourselves, oh God, should I leave the place because I don't want anything to enter me? Oh, they will cast demons, it will come from that sister, will jump into my heart. deception <laughs> listen I have said that Jesus gave his authority to you did I say that and then when you are facing the devil and demon spirits you are acting on the authority that Jesus bequeathed to you and you stand there with all the right of sonship Knowing you're acting in the place of Jesus Christ who gave all of his authority to you. But he did not only give you his authority. He also gave you his righteousness. Are you with me? When you stand to take authority and enforce dominion over the enemy and his agents, don't go on the basis of your righteousness go on the basis of his righteousness. And I love it that this is in the Old Testament, not in the New Testament. And he's saying no weapon formed against you. I know we are very familiar with that particular scripture because we prayed every time. But sometimes we don't remember that the last verse says, and their righteousness is from me, is of me. Another translation says, their righteousness is of me, said the Lord. So, that gives you a lot of confidence, a lot of boldness. That as I stand confronting the forces of evil, I am covered by the righteousness of Jesus and I exercise the authority, the exousia that Jesus has provided for me. And I can tell you that no demon spirit can withstand that. Can someone say hallelujah? <laughs> Luke chapter 10. And verse 20, let's read that together as we close. Is someone blessed tonight? All right. Verse 20. Can you read this with me? One, please read. Don't make a big thing out of demons being subject to you, Jesus said. The greatest thing about the kingdom of God is not about demons being subject to it. Now, this actually was almost like a rebuke of those disciples that came with the testimony. They didn't come to say, hey, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Oh, master, ten people got saved in the crusade. That's not what they said. They didn't come back and say, oh, the entire village believed in you when we told them about the good news of the kingdom. That's not what they said. What tripped them was the fact that demons were subject to them. Today, church people are still very enamored by those kind of testimonies. In fact, there are people that unless they see those kind of things, they don't even believe that God is moving. Believe that God is moving. That's why sometimes if you pray for people, until they fall down and roll like snakes on the floor, they don't even think they can be delivered. Spoil people's chairs, spoil everything. You're ruling everywhere. They are trying to catch you. You're ruling the chimpanzee. You're groaning like a lion. That is the only thing that ah no the power of God is.
is moving. Got one girl to my office one day. She said to me, oh, I have spirit husbands. I said, really? How do they look like? That spirit, you alone, small you. How many of them? I said, pastor, there are people that are always talking to me in the dream. People are doing this. She told me all manner of stories. I said, no problem. Can I pray for you? She said, yes. I said, well, um, you don't have to fall. All right? There's nobody to catch you here. But you'll be free. So I laid hands on her. She told me weeks after that right from that day, she did not have those experiences anymore. And yet she didn't fall. She didn't groan. She didn't roll all over. But she was free. She was completely free. Is somebody still here? <laughs> and yet, Jesus said, don't make a big show out of it. There are people that are so much in love with deliverance service. They like it. In fact, if they go to a church, if the church does not do deliverance, that means the power of God is not there. Jesus said, don't make a big thing out of it. Don't rejoice about spirits being subject to you. About spirits crying out. About people being delivered. Say, don't make a big thing out of that. But the big thing is that your name is written in heaven. Beloved, you don't even need to go about boasting to people. I cast out demons. No. If your name is written in the book of life, that's more than everything else. When I read that, it also says to me that when your name is written in the book of life, casting out demons, demons being subject to you, is normal. It's normal. The reason people were so excited and the people were shouting about it is that they didn't even expect it. But for someone like you, you need to know because your name is written in heaven your name is written in heaven you cannot live as a victim on earth is somebody still here and please listen to me and it is without regard to whatever people tell you people have made a big thing out of ancestral demons out of witches and wizards out of bloodlines but you need to know that once you have been set free from those kind of bondages and become part, I think that lesson was, was given on, on Sunday. You have been set free from the evil lifestyle and bloodline of your forefathers. And you have a new life in Christ Jesus, complete with the authority of his son and clothed with his righteousness. So that you can bring all the forces of evil under your feet. And I love it. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. So you can sleep and wake up in peace. Because nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing. And it does not matter where you come from. It doesn't matter the dream you have. It doesn't matter the things that you have done. The scripture cannot be broken. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Will you stand to your feet and let's pray? Nothing shall by any means. Showword Assembly is a Bible teaching ministry operating at different locations. 
Every Sunday by 9 a.m., we experience supernatural encounter with God as we worship Him and drink from the fountain of His Word. Every Thursday, we meet at 6 p.m. for teaching, prayer, and breaking of bread. If you need a church that will equip you to grow in the faith, empower you to succeed in life, and give you a platform to serve the Lord, welcome to Shoreward Assembly. To learn more about us, visit shorewardassembly.org. Remember, with God, all things are possible. So expect a miracle today. And when you're coming for the next service, bring a friend along. Shoreward, raising champions.